Welcome to Triangle 411, the pulse that moves the Triangle world today. It's a vibrant collection of stories, medical breakthroughs, what's trending, social good, events, and boundless other adventures. A conversation pit of comedians, authors, chefs, sports figures, experts, the common and the uncommon. Here's the host of Triangle 411, Mary Innsbrucker. Hi friends, you're in for a treat, and it's called Big Night in for the arts. It is a cool show that will be broadcast and live streamed in partnership with WRAL TV on March 11th at 7 p.m. To give us the details on Big Night In for the Arts is Charles Fanuff, President of United Arts Council of Raleigh and Wake County. Welcome, Charles. Thanks so much for having me. So please give us a general overview of Big Night In for the Arts. Big Night In for the Arts is an event about the local arts community to help raise money for arts relief. And it's happening on Thursday, March 11th at 7 p.m. on WRAL and WRAL.com. And, you know, despite the fact that this is a really difficult time in the arts, you know, it's actually a really exciting event that we're just thrilled to be able to put on. It's the first time we've ever done anything for the arts as a whole region. So it's going to be Wake. Durham, Orange, and Chatham counties, and we've got this fantastic partner in WRAL, so we're going to be bringing forth just a really great lineup of artists who are both uh, local and artists who uh, have local connections, as well as just learning a lot about how the arts happen in each of these communities, you know, arts education programs, community art activities, just all kinds of different things about the arts. And, and again, with the goal of both raising some money to help with arts relief, as well as just spreading awareness and letting people know about the wonderful arts resources that are in their backyards. Okay, so that sounds like a big undertaking. How did this all come together? It started, you know, of course, we're about a year into the pandemic, and arts venues were the first to close. And we'll be among the last to reopen. And the arts councils have all done some things to help everybody get through the, these difficult times. We've raised money for individual artist relief. We've done relief funds for nonprofit arts organizations. But as the pandemic really kind of continued to drag on, we realized that, you know, we're not sure when the other side of this will be. You know, it's, you know, we're looking at a four to five year recovery period for tourism, for example, in the area. A lot of people are unemployed. Um, you know, it's just going to take a while. And we said, you know, what a great time to come together and use the virtual platforms that we have, you know, use the, you know, the power of broadcast and a great partner with WRAL to really celebrate the arts. Um, and, and, and keep everybody front of mind. You know, I mean, I think about it all the time. I'm a budget Mary, but, um, you know, there's so much streaming content out there and it's awesome that we have all these things at our fingertips. But in a way, when we do those kind of things, we're not enjoying and supporting what is local. And, and that is so important because the local artists and local arts organizations are what make a triangle a really awesome place to live. So, you know, thinking about all that context, you know, we decided that we wanted to put this event together and we've been working on it for a few uh, months and now we're almost there to Thursday, March 11th. So we're really excited. Yes, I can see why. You know, and and you mentioned about the streaming and virtual and thank goodness we have that. <laughs> Not that we yeah. like it as much as in person, but it sure has been a port in the storm through all this COVID business. Um, and well, let's talk about the show format a little bit. Let's let's start with you have a 
star-studded evening. Give us the lineup. <laughs> yeah, we really do, and we're we're excited about these artists. So uh, our lineup is Ariana DeBose. Uh, Ariana is a, a, a she's been on Broadway a number of times. She's an original cast of Hamilton. Um, she uh, a, a Bronx Tale. She's she's on many many Broadway shows. But she got her start here in North Carolina and specifically in Wake County Public Schools. She was on stage for the very first time um, as, a, as a young person at the Memorial Auditorium. And so she really loves this area and wants to do all she can to support us. Um, Mike Wiley. Mike is an award-winning theater artist. He's a playwright. He's an activist. He's an actor himself. Uh, and he, he performs on stages throughout the area. A lot of his plays uh, look at black history and uncovering stories, and learning about people we, and stories we didn't know about. And, uh, really love Mike's work. I've had an opportunity to work with him a few times. So Mandolin let me, Orange. Let me just stop you there oh, sure, for a second, because what, like, what will Mike be doing in the show? Yeah, Mike's going to be performing an excerpt of his show, Breach of Peace. And, uh, it's a play, uh, actually I, I had the opportunity to see recently. It's, it's about, Freedom riders throughout uh, the South, who you know, who you know, through civil disobedience, integrated uh, the the buses, and you know, were also you know persecuted for it. You know, they were physically assaulted, they were verbally assaulted, they you know had horrible things happen to them. But they're really brave, brave people, and really important part of uh, of history in the South. And I don't know about I don't know about you, Mary, but I I didn't learn about the freedom riders, you know, in American history class growing up. So Mike has a really powerful new piece about that. He's gonna um, he's gonna do an excerpt of that, but he's also got shows about Emmett Till and uh, based off of Blessings on My Name, Tim Tyson's book. He's got a number of really really powerful shows. Uh, you want to hear about? You want to talk more about Mike, or you want to hear about the other folks? No, on? I was just curious what he would be doing because yeah. you know some of these are you know uh, musicians, and it's obvious they're going right. to be playing music. But I wondered with with him, and you yeah. got a couple other surprises. But go ahead to your your next uh, celebrity that'll be performing. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah. And so the first two artists, I gave you a couple of theater artists: uh, Ariana, who comes from a musical theater background, and Mike, who comes from a, a you know more of a, a straight play as we call it <laughs> the non-singing and dancing version um and then uh we've got really excited that we have uh mandolin orange which is just a wonderful acoustic duo um that you know you may be familiar with uh you know uh, americana i think is how you would describe them uh andrew marlin who's the mandolin player uh, just put out a, a really nice solo album as well so uh, so people are really excited about that and and they will be representing uh orange county mandolin orange is actually from orange county believe it or not <laughs> <laughs> we've got <laughs> we've got uh the wonderful scotty mccreary you know who uh you know has won a, a bunch of uh, country music awards and you know people of course know that he he got his you know big kind of boost to to stardom from american idol and he's a big uh, NC State alum and, and performs a lot, a lot around here, and uh, and also really have some some great things to say about why arts education really matters to him. And uh, and last but certainly not least, we have Branford Marsalis, who you know, I mean, Grammys. I mean, he you know uh, did the the soundtrack for the you know, we were talking about streaming a minute ago, the the great new film uh, Chadwick Boseman's final film, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Branford did the the soundtrack for that. And uh, and so we're thrilled that he will be representing Durham County, and he rounds out our headliners. That's absolutely wonderful. I mean, this is uh, 
this is some top quality performers. So how did you garner such huge, huge celebrities to get behind this cause? Yeah, well, you know, they are recognizable names. I think that's absolutely true. And in, in coming up with this group of artists, we wanted people who either have a local, either live here or have a really strong local connection because we asked them, um, you know, to talk about why the arts are important and to use their social media and things like that to spread awareness. So we didn't want to just get the biggest names. We wanted to get people who we had a connection to. Um, and, and what we did is we just as the, you know, collaboration of the four counties, we, you know, we each kind of started by saying, well, gosh, in our, in our dream scenario, we would have X artist or X, you know, per, you know, group and, and we got them. You know, that was what's really exciting about it. And we used the relationships that we had. Um, so, you know, I... Um, uh, Did anybody former, say no to you that you were hoping uh, to get? We Not not that we, we, we... Actually, we did have one person say no. And I, I won't say who, because I don't want to, <laughs> like, shame that person. But we got almost everybody who was our first That's choice. great. And, um, yeah, and I think the fact of the matter is, you know, a lot of artists are unfortunately right now at home because they can't tour or it's very difficult to tour if they are touring. It's in a much more limited capacity. So the kind of options you have right now as a performing artist are uh, to, you know, to maybe try and record something, try and get into the studio or, you know, there's a lot of musicians who are doing, um, you know, they're, they're either teaching virtually or doing virtual performances. But, you know, we use the relationships that we have. So a lot of people don't know that Branford Marcellus lives in Durham. Well, the Durham Arts Council has a board member who's friends with him, and they play music together sometimes. And so uh, Baron Thomas was able to reach out to Branford and get him to agree to participate. And then with Ariana DeBose, um, we have a, a former board member who's, you know, been kind of a mentor uh, to Ariana throughout her career, known her since she was a, since she was a child, and and she said, "I'll reach out to Ariana and see if she wants to do it," and and so forth. You know, we used all those kind of different relationships that we had, and along the way, we, we talked a lot about it because we didn't want to end up with a lineup that was like, you know, five bluegrass musicians or or whatever. We wanted some nice diversity. You know, that's part of the the thing is you know that we all try to do is help people understand all the different types of artists that we have around here. I mean, all of us as the local arts councils, you know, work with, you know, we give grants and we do professional development for for authors, for visual artists, for, you know, for filmmakers, for photographers, for the musicians, you know, the list goes on and on, for potters, you know, for you know, mm. all the So we wanted a nice uh, variety of different art forms. I know we are a little heavy towards theater and music, but at least within those art forms, we have some diversity. And, uh, and you know, that was just really important us to try to have a nice spectrum of different kinds of artists involved. And I think you achieved that goal because it is, uh, you know, there's a lot of variety in there, something for everyone. In fact, something I think is so cool, tell us about the artists that will also be involved in this production. Right. Yeah, I'm happy to. So, um, you know, as we were talking about this, we said, you know, we, we don't want it just to be uh, you know, music and theater, you know, how do we incorporate visual art? And somebody had the idea. Actually, I think it was our, 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 our pre-production coordinator, Phyllis Parrish Howard. She said, you know, is there anybody who would do a painting? Cause that would be really cool on TV. And we could cut away to, you know, we'd have like a nice, beautiful visual. And then at the end of it, you'll have a, a lovely painting that, 
you know, maybe we'll auction off or something like that. And uh, in Chatham County, he said, well, you know, we actually have an artist who specializes in doing live painting at music events. And in particular, uh, so her name is Marcel, Mar- I'm sorry, Marcel Patnowski. And uh, she has what is what is called synesthesia. Do you know what synesthesia is, Mary? Explain it. I do, but explain it to our listeners. Okay, cool, cool. Sorry, not to me to pop quiz. <laughs> <laughs> so synesthesia is... Uh, it is is when people um, experience um, one of the, the senses through another sense, and in in Mary's case, I'm sorry, you're Mary. In Marcel's case, <laughs> I don't I don't have that quality. I don't have okay. very many qualities, buddy. <laughs> so you know let's go back to her. So, yeah, Marcel actually, when she hears music, she sees colors. She sees colors awesome. from from you know processing auditory information, and so she takes the colors that she sees and she translates that into abstract paintings. And uh, and Chatham had worked with her before, and they said Marcel would be really fabulous to have at the show. And so we we talked to her, and um, you know throughout the program we'll get a live look at Marcel creating a painting, um, you know to accompany the music and the the theater that she's she's hearing. Uh, or seeing, and then at the end of the event, we'll see a completed canvas of what she's created. So, you know, it's just a kind of a fun way to, to tie together different art forms. It's and it's just it's just so cool. I just can't get over it. Now, will that painting be available? Like, are you going to auction it for fundraising at the end of the show? Or yeah, we're going to be sharing information about that at BigNightIn.org. Okay, good. Alrighty, and uh, so now I love this affair is to celebrate the Triangle Arts community and help begin a path of recovery and ooh, ooh, re-entry post-pandemic. I can't believe I'm saying those words. Yay. So let's talk about how the funds raised through this event will be earmarked, starting with funding arts programs. What kind of programs? Well, to take kind of a, a broader look at what's happened in the industry, um, you know, the numbers we have from Americans for the Arts is that currently we're at 36% unemployment in the nonprofit arts sector. So it's it's pretty bad. It's, you know, it's worse than society as a whole. And, and you know, we just know it's especially been really tough on a lot of freelance artists because um, the unemployment system isn't built for them. Uh, our, our latest, our, our most recent economic impact study said that in Wake County alone, our our the expenditures of our nonprofit arts organizations in 2015 were 179 million, and we know that you know. So if we had, if if I had, just to put a, a guess on it, I think our, our losses are approaching, um, in terms of lost revenue, it's 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 tens of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet, you know, we've always survived. I mean, the arts, you know, have have lived through. Uh, depressions and wars and, you know, in Shakespeare's time, plagues and so forth. And we always made it through to the other side. So what we're going to do with the proceeds is we're going to invest them in three different ways. Um, one is enhanced grant support to individual artists. Uh, the second is enhanced grant support to arts organizations. And the third is in the programs that we run for arts education. Now, each county is a little bit different in terms of how much they allocate to one, two, or three. And the reasons for that is just that, you know, we have very different counties in the Triangle. I mean, Chatham is a relatively, you know, compared to Wake, it's a relatively rural county and doesn't have as many of the arts nonprofits. So they will probably focus more towards support for individual artists and arts education programs. In Wake County, we have a lot of individual artists and we also have a lot of nonprofit organizations. But each of us, on an annual basis, you know, these are the type of things we do. And 
you know, to kind of wrap your head around what a local arts agency does, a local arts agency does the things that no individual arts organization can do. So, you know, we kind of look at the entire arts infrastructure and we say, you know, the individual artists really need help and, you know, we're going to raise X dollars because we want to help them succeed. And, you know, in schools, you know, we want to make sure that every child has access to arts programming. And so, you know, that's kind of overall what we do. And, um, you know, in each of the three counties, it'll be a slightly different mix of those three funding priorities. But but those are the three things that we're going to do. Fantastic. I, I understand funding is also heading toward initiatives for equity in the arts. Yeah, I'll talk a little bit about that, too. And um, I can speak most um, intelligent, not maybe not intelligibly, how about that, about um, what we're doing in Wake County and and. Um, you know, I, I, I can talk a little bit at, you know, kind of on a higher level about what the other counties are doing. But, you know, it's, I mean, we're all, in all parts of society, we're talking more about racial equity now, which is overdue. And, and in our field, what it, what it amounts to is, I mean, what we are doing are a couple of different things. Um, in the grants that we've done, you know, since the start of the pandemic, we've been prioritizing investment in culturally specific organizations, specifically African American, uh, Latinx, Asian American, and, and Native American groups, um, are, are kind of the, you know, who we are, who we are, who we have in this state, you know, that are, that are culturally specific groups. And if we look at, you know, those populations and those arts organizations have not been funded by, you know, most arts funders in history. And, and so if we look at where we are now, the arts sector doesn't reflect the community that we have, and we need to. We need it. It needs to. You know, it needs to change. And so, what we did is we had a higher percentage of grants that culturally specific organizations could apply for. They could apply to for up to twenty percent of their operating budget, whereas you know the predominantly white organizations could apply for up to ten percent. And that helped us start to shift things towards a more equitable funding structure. Um, some of the other type of things that we're doing, we're beginning to offer racial equity training, um, equity, diversity, inclusion, actually, to be more specific, training to um, all of the arts organizations in the county. Um, we're looking at all of our different programs and saying, you know, what are the things that we could do to make this program, you know, better better accessible to all members of the community? What are the barriers we're intentionally, you're intentionally or unintentionally setting up that we need to reevaluate? And I, I, that's really where the sector is at right now. We're, we're trying to, trying to make, um, trying to do better at, at all of this. And, and it's, it's, uh, it's overdue, but we're, we're seeing a lot of shifts in the sector to, to better address equity, diversity, and inclusion. As far as, just to give folks a little bit direction, once um, once the funding is there, will individual artists be able to apply for scholarships or? Yeah. So what we do, our grant programs for individual artists are uh, they're professional development grants, and so this is anything that helps uh, a, an artist further their career. So you know, people come to us and say, "I need a piece of equipment," or "I need to take." a lesson with this person or I need to attend a conference or I need to hire an editor for my book. And, you know, we, you know, we take a look at all those requests. We do our best to fund as many of them as we can. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's the kind of support that we provide for artists because we figure that as we help, you know, as we, you know, the best thing we can do is help artists, you know, develop their careers so that then, you know, they can, they can have a more, you know, have a more robust, you know, 
artistic career, and I'm, I'm kind of repeating myself here, but, uh, you know, the best thing we can do is help artists, you know, basically, you know, move their careers along and, and do better. Um, and so that grant cycle that we're going to be doing for individual artists, those grants will the application will become available this summer, and then in the fall, we'll be distributing those dollars. Good, good, good. Okay, so Charles, as you know, we always close each Triangle 411 show with the nonprofit spotlight, and this certainly has been a one for <laughs> uh, for your event. But And I want to give the information about the event and general information at the end, but uh, so... But let's say, in addition to Big Night In for the Arts, would you please give us a few words on all these amazing organizations that put this event together and really, like you say, are there all year, not just during this event, but they're there all year long to help artists? I'll give you the names of the four arts organizations, you know, the four councils that are putting this on. And it um, it starts with the Orange County Arts Commission, which is uh, in, uh, of course, Orange County. Um and we've got the Chatham Arts Council, which is based in Chatham County, and the Durham Arts Council. And then in Wake County, we are the United Arts Council of Raleigh and Wake County. And our mission is we build a better Raleigh and Wake County through support of and advocacy for the arts. So we've been doing that for, um, you know, more in different iterations since the 1960s. Um, and, you know, more or less, all of these arts councils do very similar things in working to uh, promote and assist arts organizations, individual artists, arts education programs. So, um, you know, we're, we exist in, I mean, all, all in all, there's uh, several several thousand arts councils all around the, the country. Um, a lot of times people don't know that we exist. <laughs> but, um, you know, one of the exciting things about this kind of an event is it's an opportunity to, to talk to more people about what local arts councils do and why they're important and how to, you know, to, how to access their programs, right? Like, because we we want to all the time be making new friends. And I'll give you an example of something really fun that's come out of this. We actually... Um, got a call from Crabtree Valley Mall when they saw about this event. They said, actually, can we show Big Night In for the Arts in the mall? <laughs> he mm. said, you know, why not? Like, <laughs> that's great, because that'll put us in front of more people right. who otherwise, you know, wouldn't know what the arts councils do. And they said, oh, by the way, could we put up a QR code and some posters around the, you know, the mall and ask people to donate? And we said, well, that sounds great. Oh, my they gosh. Said, by the way, do you have any art we can exhibit? And we said, yes, we do, in fact. Oh, so, my goodness. So, <laughs> Goodness, goodness. It would be like a hope and dream that you would call them and say, hey, pretty please. And instead, they just offered it up. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And I mean, they're they're certainly not alone in that. I mean, Synergy um, Face and Body, which is a a wonderful local uh, spa, they said, well, you know, what we'd really like to do is for everybody who makes a donation of a certain amount during Big Night In for the Arts, we'd like to give them a gift certificate because everybody's stressed out right now. And we'd like them to be able to go and get a massage. You know, fabulous. Like, relax. Fabulous. So, um, anybody who gets five hundred dollars um, between now and March eleventh will get a hundred dollar gift card. So, you know, it's just imagine that that's uh, you know coming off what you're paying, and you're kind of getting a little, you know, a little something back in exchange. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, people they say it time and time again, being involved in any kind of you know giving back, it's like 
somehow it always turns around where you you get you get a lot out of the experience right. as opposed to just helping someone and here you go you can even get a gift certificate for your good Amen. comes back to you so that's fabulous Amen. so charles i want to you know would like you to give the information about the event one more time and any websites for the different organizations or 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 you take it from here how can folks get in touch and watch the show etc yeah, I'm, I'm happy to tell you, uh, just wrap up a little bit. It's, um, information about the event is at ignitein.org. Uh, just all, you know, spelled out like that. And, uh, there's also information on all the websites of the individual arts councils. And it's going to air on WRAL and WRAL.com at 7 p.m. on March 11th. A couple of things I haven't mentioned yet that are pretty cool. Um, one is that it will be closed captioned, and also we're providing audio description with our friends at Arts Access. And for any of your listeners who don't know what that is, audio description is a service for people um, who have low vision or are blind, and it is uh, you get an auditory description of what's happening on the screen so that you're able to enjoy it and, uh, and understand what's happening besides just the, you know, the audible dialogue and um, or music. And so we're really glad to be able to offer those accommodations and uh, just really be thrilled for people to... Uh, and I guess the last thing I might mention is that um, the show, you have to watch it live, um, either uh, over the air or on WRL.com because of uh, the, the rights to some of the music that will be performed. But there will be certain segments that will live online for a certain amount of time. But if people want to see the show, I really highly encourage them to tune in either on TV or online because it's kind of a live, one-time-only type thing <laughs> in its entirety. But even after the show is over and done, people can still donate. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that does not stop after March 11th. You're correct. Great. Well, good luck, and I hope everything works out fabulous, and thanks for being here. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having us on. Something else going on is Carrie's 150th anniversary. Triangle 411 is partnering with the town to get the word out on all the anniversary happenings. We will begin these segments next week, starting with an announcement from the Carrie Mayor. Well, it's time to high-five and say goodbye. Check us out on any podcast platform to hear stories about Canine Companions for Independence, which are disability assistance dogs, dream interpretation from a celebrity expert, or jump in on the debate on daylight saving time. Love it or leave it. <laughs> and it is saving, not savings with an S. And you can learn more by tuning in. For now, I'm Mary Innsbrucker for Triangle 411. Today, dot, 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 be supportive.